0: Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Luke 19, verse 1. I'm going to read through to verse 10. I'll try and read it off the screen. Luke 19, verse 1 through to verse 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. <laughs> and he sought to see who Jesus was but could not because of the crowd. For he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. It's an amazing story. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they, as in the crowd, they all complained, saying, He's gone to be the guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost lord we thank you for your word it is eternal it is powerful full of power and we thank you that we have the opportunity to come around your word this morning again and i pray for your grace and your anointing on my words because i need them without you they're just words but with your anointing on it there is so much more that can happen And I pray that you help us to receive something from you that we might change in our lives and live differently out there in the world. In the name of Jesus, and we all said together, amen. This is an incredible story about Jesus and this man, Zacchaeus. And it's not necessarily about what Jesus says, it's about what he didn't say. Jesus said some things, but there's a whole lot of things he didn't actually say. It's also not necessarily only what Jesus did say, but it's what he did. Zacchaeus' name means clean or pure. But the interesting thing is, he was corrupt, he was a tax collector, he worked for the Roman government. Zacchaeus lived in Jericho, a large commercial center positioned on a major trade route between Jerusalem and the territories east of the Jordan. He lived in a thriving town and city. Zacchaeus was, although, infamous. As I just mentioned, he was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a despised man in Jericho. Nobody liked this man. We read that he was a tax collector in verse 2, and he was rich. There was a lot of animosity towards Zacchaeus because he'd become rich at other people's expense. He was corrupt to the core. And so there was a great disdain and an animosity and a hate for this man, Zacchaeus. The Bible even says so, there was so much disdain, so much dislike in verse seven, the crowd showed this distaste for Zacchaeus by grumbling and calling him a sinner. We just read it, verse seven. They said, oh, he is a sinner. So people don't like this man. But Zacchaeus is an interruption. In verse 1, we read that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Jesus had no plans to stay in Jericho. The Bible doesn't say this. It says he was on his way to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was his destination. But on the way, Zacchaeus happened an interruption to Jesus' journey. And because when he sees Zacchaeus, the Bible tells us that Jesus stops. Zacchaeus was an interruption, but Jesus was not upset by this interruption. I wanna encourage you this morning, in your life of faith, in your busyness, there's people in your world in the busyness of what you do day in and day out, answering calls, sending messages, writing emails, having meetings. There's people that God is putting across your path that can seem like an interruption to your plans and the journey you're on for that day, but in actual fact, it's often a possibility or a potential for God to use you in a moment that can bring life to somebody else, amen zacchaeus was this interruption but it did not concern jesus it did not bother him it did not upset him because jesus lived with intentionality he was very intentional jesus intended to pass through jericho but he decided to stop when he saw zacchaeus in a sycamore tree now to give you a little context this had to have some sort of humorous element to it why well in those days in that culture you know, it was really uncouth. Is that the right word? Uncouth. It was really not normal. It was abnormal. It was strange. It was weird for a grown man to climb up a tree. I mean, it's weird now. But in their culture, this was a big no no. Like, this was humiliating to do this. Zacchaeus was a short man of stature. So here is Zacchaeus. We don't know how tall he is, but he's short of stature. And he climbs up this tree, which is a shameful thing. It's considered weird and strange. Yet he didn't seem to care because something in him was hungry for what he knew that Jesus could potentially give him. In this encounter, we see Jesus is intentionally always about his father's business. I would love to live like that. I don't want to live too... Here and now. Isn't that weird? (laughs) You're like, what's weird? Well, let me explain it to you. Isn't that weird how we live for today? So much of our life and our decisions are wrapped around this side of eternity. Yeah. Just give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about. So much of our decision-making processes, what we're doing is seemingly putting our roots deep down for this side of eternity, but the reality is our life on earth is very short. The Bible puts it like this, that your life is like a vapor. Get a Rexona can, it's your daughter and I use. Little plug there for Rexona. I don't work for them, by the way. (laughs) Get a commission, yes Lord. You spray a can of deodorant, whatever you use. You push the button, what happens? You see a mist, right? A few seconds later, it's gone. The Bible likens your life and my life like that. That it's this mist here for a second, gone in a moment. But somehow we strangely live for the here and the now. Our decisions are so much wrapped up in What are we doing in our life today? I just want to expand your sight, your line of sight, to understand a truth that you are a pilgrim. Listen to me. You are a pilgrim on the way through to your final home, which is heaven, to worship Jesus forever. You're on a journey through earth. Now, just capture that for a moment. Because if you're making decisions that are so hell bent on what we are building here and now, it will be gone in a moment. This is something I'm challenged by. The older I get, I'm 46 years young. Yeah, see, it's right, young, young. Amen. <laughs> hey, Some of you are like, man, that guy looks about 20. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but I'm 46 years young. And I am realizing more and more, actually, man, I'm, this is not my home. Now, I'm not saying we live recklessly either and live with stupidity and a lack of wisdom. That's not smart. But to be so wound up on what's happening on this side of eternity where it causes anxiety and where your life is gripped by fear and, man, this is not what God has asked you to do. And Jesus lives with intentionality has this intention about always being about the father's business when jesus saw zacchaeus in the tree he knew that this man needed him jesus tells zacchaeus i must stay at your house today jesus did not see zacchaeus as a problem that kept him from his mission jesus saw zacchaeus as part of his mission to seek and to save the lost Luke 19, verse 10. Zacchaeus wasn't a distraction from his mission going to Jerusalem. He saw it as part of his mission. Zacchaeus was wrapped up inside of his mission, and he realizes this and has this intentionality to his journey on earth where he walked and saw a short man, grown man up a tree and thought to himself, this is really strange, this is not cultural. So Jesus understands something and he calls him down and says, I must stay with you tonight. He stops everything he was doing for this one man. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the God that we serve? God is not enamored by crowds, enamored. He's not amazed. He's not wowed. You know, we can be like, wow. We, you know, go to a big conference church, whatever, and there's thousands of people who say, whoa, this is amazing. God's not like that. God's always, I believe, loves the individual. I really believe that. It's not just a cliche thing that we say in church. He cares and loves you and he's interested in the details of our lives. So Jesus sees Zacchaeus as not a distraction from his mission, but he's actually part of his mission to seek and save that which is lost, which is also your mission. Zacchaeus' faith is intriguing to me. The fact that Zacchaeus would be willing to climb a tree and behave in such a shameful, undignified way indicates that there was more than just an intellectual curiosity about Jesus when it came to Zacchaeus. It wasn't just an intellectual, oh, I wonder, I wonder what this Jesus is about. Hmm. I don't know, I might check it out. I'll just stay with the crowd and float around. No, he he puts himself in a really shameful place. It's undignified, it's weird, it's strange, but he doesn't care, that tells us that he, it wasn't just an intellectual thing, there was something happening in his spirit. He was seeking Jesus. Zacchaeus was seeking the Lord. Who Jesus was. He wanted to know. Zacchaeus stood out to Jesus because of this. And Jesus connected with him. Jesus' words lead Zacchaeus to repentance. This is so, so beautiful. When Zacchaeus heard that Jesus wanted to stay at his house, he hurried and came down from the tree and received him joyfully. Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. I want you to hear this, not just from a preacher, but hear the spirit of God and the heart of God in this. Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. This may have been the first time that Zacchaeus heard someone besides his mother say his name in a kind way. Because he was hammered and he was reviled and people hated him and they gave him disdain and they had this dislike for him because he had ripped them off and he was infamous in the town of Jericho. People knew who he was and nobody liked this guy. When people said Zacchaeus' name, it would have been a cursing name, it would have been, Oh, that mongrel, that you know, bleep, 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 that Zacchaeus. Oh man, that guy's horrible. But when Jesus comes along, and calls out his name. It probably was the first time in a long time, maybe besides his mother, where somebody has said, Zacchaeus, come down, I wanna spend time with you. And this simple act of Jesus causes something powerful to happen in him. Jesus is very intentional. A couple of things to notice here. It says Zacchaeus stood. So somewhere along the way when he climbed down the tree, Zacchaeus has hit his knees. Did you read that before? It was in Luke chapter 9, or what I just read. It says he stood up. So he's come down from the tree and he's on his knees before the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. He's lost all of his inhibition. He does not care anymore about what anybody else thinks because he has encountered King Jesus. The only one that could set him free and redeem his life and change him and bring him hope and life. And Zacchaeus has a revelation of this. And when he comes down the tree, he's on his knees because the Bible says he stood up. Which means somewhere he's bowed down on his knees. He then declares to Jesus, not the crowd. He says to Jesus, look, I will give half of my goods, wealth, what I have. And four times what I have stolen from anybody. You know what this is called? Repentance. Jesus has an encounter With Jesus, why? Uh, Jesus has an encounter with this this incredible man, Zacchaeus. Why? Because Zacchaeus realizes everybody hates him. But this one king, this God, this man, this Jesus, calls him out. And it's something that sparks in Zacchaeus' heart. He's like, wow. And Jesus is like, Zacchaeus, I want to eat with you. So he bows on his knees and he stands up and he starts to declare to Jesus, look, I have, I'm going to give half of everything I have, four times what I have stolen. This is known as repentance. What is repentance? True repentance is a change of mind that re- results in a change of action. Zacchaeus changed his mind about the importance of money and was made aware of the state of his soul. He's had a change of mind, a change of heart. The importance of money is all of a sudden dwindled in light of the state of his soul. You know, sometimes in the church, we need to realize the state of our soul because this will cause us to worship and honor the Lord at deeper levels. But when we think that we've got it all together, And the people out there don't. We become prideful and arrogant. And this is what's happening with the crowd. They're like, oh, he's a sinner. He's a horrible man. He's this. He's that. But something in Zacchaeus realizes has a deep revelation of who he's actually encountering in this moment. Zacchaeus turned away from defrauding others. Turned towards restoring to others. He demonstrated his repentance in his actions. We see that in verse 8. Jesus' actions in life. Always display grace and kindness. Think about this. It's always, I love the Lord. Because everybody would have wanted to be a Jesus. Everyone wanted him at, at their house. Everyone wanted to be around him. Right? I mean, if Jesus walked in today physically, I was going to be honest. I don't really want to hang around you. <laughs> I mean, you're nice. You know, I mean, last night I had dinner with those four amazing people, but if they said, oh, Jesus wanted to be with you, I would say, sorry guys, I've got something on. Because I want to be with Jesus. It's true. If you walked in today, all of your plans and everything you had going on, you would throw it out the door. And everybody was in the same boat that day. They, yeah, man, they all wanted to be with him. Everybody wanted to be with Jesus. But what he does is mind-blowing because he picks the worst in the bunch. And his awareness of others' needs changes this man's life. And so it is true of us. Our awareness of the people around about us and their needs is an opportunity, an invitation for God to move through us. If you have an awareness of the needs of the people around you, it's often an opportunity for God to use your life in that moment to bring them peace, hope, life, and the purpose of God. It is. But you needed the awareness of the need. Jesus had an awareness, beautiful awareness of the need of Zacchaeus. Notice this. Notice now what Jesus did not say. Jesus hasn't mentioned anything to Zacchaeus about his sin. He hasn't called him out on his thievery, on his robbery, on his corruption of his heart. He hasn't called him out on any of that. All he's done is show Zacchaeus value, kindness, and grace to a man who the whole community hated. (laughs) Wow. He expressed this kindness and grace. He didn't call his sin out. He didn't judge him in that moment. He just said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to eat with you today. That's an expression of kindness. When everybody around Jesus wanted to spend time with him. But Jesus looks past the whole crowd, sees this short guy up a tree and calls him out. And doesn't judge him in his sin. Just says we're going to eat together. And this causes Zacchaeus to repent. Wow. Man, I think the Lord's amazing. Because we we can learn a lot from from the scriptures and from this story. Because Jesus did not merely want to preach to Zacchaeus. I'm a preacher. But I'm a, well, I'm a husband, first of all, and I'm a father to three amazing kids. Be married 24 years next month. Oh. Well done, me. I'll tell you what, she's amazing putting up with me. <laughs> wow. Be married 24 years, September the 19th next month, and then we have three. Uh, children, 15 year old daughter named Laura, 17 year old son named Joel, and a 19 year old daughter named Esther who's uh, dating. <laughs> I'm good. I'm all right. I'm good. No, seriously, pray for me. I'm struggling. <laughs> Any fathers here? Just I know it's Father's Day next. Week. Give me a wave of your father. How many of you fathers have daughters that are married or got boy girlfriends? Anyone give me a wave? Oh, I probably need to have a conversation with you. I can learn some things. But I'm a preacher, but I'm a pastor. I don't want to just preach. We have a great church on the Gold Coast, and preaching's a part of what you know we do as pastors, but it's a really small part. I want to be like this. Jesus didn't want to just preach at him. Jesus wanted to know him. And you may not be a pastor per se, but you are a pastor. Amen. (laughs) You're somebody that has the spirit of God in you and you can care and love somebody and be intentional to be aware of those around you and share about the goodness of God and show people who he is. And that's the call for every Christian, right? Isn't Isn't that the call for all of us? That we understand that God's hands on our life, his spirit is in us, that he wants to use us to impact and influence those around about us that may not know him. Isn't that the call for every Christian? And Jesus does this so beautifully. He's busy. He's got a lot of people around him. Everybody wants a piece of him. But he sees Zacchaeus and stops in a moment, calls him down. Everybody's thinking, you beauty's going to nail him on his sin. But he says nothing about anything of that and just calls him out and says, we're going to have dinner. We're going to hang out together. This causes Zacchaeus such a deep impact that in that moment, he gives half of what he has and four times what he has stolen. There has not been the word of God preached yet, which tells me something. We need to preach the word. Amen. We always need to preach the word, preach the truth of God's word. But in amongst all of that, we need to be people that will walk with others and demonstrate the love of God that is moving through us to others. And I want to challenge you this morning because if you haven't, don't raise your hands for this one and don't feel condemned, but I want to bring, by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit, one of his roles is to bring conviction. When was the last time you've shared your faith to somebody else? Don't answer it, just think about it. When was the last time you told somebody about how good Jesus is? Or we just come to church every week and hear the preacher tell us and we walk away and we don't do much about that because something is wrong with that picture. Amen. Because yeah. God needs you to reach those in your world. Often people aren't an interruption to us. They're actually people that God needs us to be aware of. I love this about the Lord and I'm going to close in a moment because I want to pray for you. Actually, could I have the team come up? That'd be nice. I remember... Before COVID, a couple of years ago, I went down the road just to get, like, some chicken and chips. How many people love chicken and chips? Wow. Or chicken and rice? Oh, glory. Yeah, like, especially on a Sunday afternoon, like, chicken, chips, bread, just carve it up, you know, get the carbs going. A couple of years ago, Sunday afternoon, we shot up the road, I went up the road to get some chips and chicken, we had people around our house for lunch. And, and uh, this lady was getting her order before me and uh, she didn't have a wallet on her, and she realized and so she ordered and then she's like, oh, I'm just gonna run to the car, I'll be back in a second. So she just disappears and I thought, oh, I'll just sort it out for her. So I went up and ordered mine and said, just pay for hers as well. And it might've been like 30 something bucks, I don't know. So I paid for hers, paid for mine, and I just went stood to the side. And she came in, went to go pay. And I'm not I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> so you're like, what's that? <laughs> like my good friend Irwin here, you know. Oh, let me just pick on Erwin. He's, he's going, no, 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 no. I've got the microphone, Erwin. I'm just, you know, it's too late. I've got the microphone. i like my good friend Erwin here, who has more degrees than a the thermometer. Actually does. Like, literally. <laughs> you know how you have that slang saying, got more degrees than a the thermometer? Well, he actually does. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but when I paid for her meal, I, I, I knew when I stood to the side that she was going to walk back in, try and pay. They were going to tell her that I paid... And she was going to come over and say something to me. You don't have to be a rocket scientist, right? So sure enough, this happened. She's looking over. She's a little bit bewildered. What's going on? They're pointing at me and she comes over and she's like, did you pay for my? I said, yeah. She's like, oh, my gosh, that is so nice. Let me me give you the money. I said, no, no, it's, it's fine. It's all good. Just for you today. And then she said to me, she was probably in her mid to late 60s. She said, why would you do that? And I said, do you really want to know why I did that? She goes, yeah, why would you do that? And I said, well, man, I'm, I'm a Christian. Not one of those weird ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a Christian, and Jesus has changed my life. And just for me to do something small like this and kind is kind of what he teaches us. And then she just starts to cry. And she said, you have no idea how the last month of my life has been the worst. She goes, I'm having lunch with some friends and then I'm going to visit my husband in hospital who's dying of cancer. And she's crying in this shop, but I'm like, you know, I'm trying to be cool. Cool, calm and collected. Exactly that, see that? <laughs> totally uncool, totally not collected. <laughs> see, man, so bad, help me Jesus. We just start to have this conversation about the Lord. I just got to pray for her in that moment. Now, it would be incredible to say to you today that she gave her life to Jesus in that moment. That did not happen. But that's not our job. Our job is to be aware of the needs around us, that we're on a mission, we're doing things. But sometimes there's people around us that if you're intentional and you have awareness, that God can use you in a simple moment like that. And I have no doubt in my mind that I'm some link in a chain of her salvation where one day, I really believe this, one day I'm going to see her in heaven and she's going to come up to me and say, hey, man, and now I don't know if this is theologically sound. It probably is not, but just let me just say this. I don't know how it's going to work, but I believe somewhere along the line, she's going to say, yo, you... You bought that that meal for me. You bought that chicken that day. You told me about Jesus. Well, well, uh, seven other people told me about the Lord and I gave my life to Christ. I want to say thank you that you stopped in that moment and you shared about the goodness of God. You see, this story with Zacchaeus and Jesus is a powerful reminder that in the busyness of your life, don't get so caught up in what you are doing. Man, I want to I challenge you because you live in Melbourne, you're a busy people, you have all this stuff going on. Do not get so busy that you lose the awareness of those around you that God is wanting you to use to change their life so that they have purpose and they have life. And that's the call for every Christian. Jesus did not want to just preach to Zacchaeus he didn't just want to convert him but Jesus wanted a relationship they sat around a table that night and they had dinner together can you imagine the conversation where here's this grubby sinner sinner named Zacchaeus who deserves hell, death and judgment but now he's sitting with the saviour of his soul could you imagine that conversation Zacchaeus is like oh my gosh probably at the same time thinking what have I done, Not giving four times what I stole but his life has been dramatically changed because of who Jesus is and it's the same for us. He wants a relationship with us. And That's my prayer, is that God expand your capacity to be aware of the needs of those around you, to live with intention. Don't see things and people as an interruption. It's hard. I know it's hard. I, man, I can have 40 plus meetings in one week with people in our church, regularly. Meetings from like just meeting someone for the first time, you know, leadership meetings, marriages that are falling apart, everything you can think of. And in all of that, my beautiful wife, my children, the things we're doing, and but somewhere amongst all of these things we're doing, we've got to remember those around about us and be aware of their needs. Because just a simple act of kindness. I did not preach to that lady. I did not tell her about the, the seven things she's done wrong. I just... Paid for a little meal and shared about the goodness of God and it touched and impacted her life. This isn't about you standing on the corner preaching the gospel. 99.99% of you probably never gonna do that. Neither me. It's not my gift, it's not my grace, but I know what I can do. I can be aware of those around about me. I can sometimes switch off from all my busyness and be intentional about what God wants me to do in a moment with somebody else's life. Don't be so caught up and wrapped up in your own world where you're missing the opportunities for God to use you in a powerful way. This sort of thing will stir your faith, amen. It'll stir your faith to live differently. And you know how we become religious? You know how you you can realize our religiosity, why? Man, you bring an unsaved friend, or you bring somebody that you met during the week to church, I've done this, and they come to church, they're not in church, they don't go to church, they've never been to church, They come in and they sit there. What do we do, man? Has anyone done this? You're like, oh my gosh, you're you're listening and watching everything because you're thinking about it from their point of view. Because at the end of the day, Christians, we're weird. We just get used to it. Come on now. We get used to it. When we talk, Victor mentioned the blood. Man, you think about somebody who's unchurched. We're going to drink the blood today. We're going to eat the body. Somebody on church, they're like, What? Uh, whoa, uh, I'm not into this. What is going on here? Because we have these Christianese sayings, right? Come on now, we have these little sayings that we do as Christians, and even some of the songs we sing from a completely unsaved person, it can seem so out there. But this is why you need to be around those that need to hear the gospel because it reminds you of actually, man, this is powerful what we're a part of. And it has the potential to change somebody's life.